0: Oh, my cat is up a tree. Uh, Jesus Christ. A cat? Yeah, I said it on the podcast before, man. I don't listen to you. <laughs> we haven't mentioned this in months, Bill, but I feel like it's time to talk about licorice again. Oh, God. So I've been getting messages from people sending me uh, pictures of various licorice flavored treats. Mm-hmm. And like someone sent me, I think it was licorice flavored Twizzlers which we don't get here in Ireland. And yeah, what are Twizzlers? They're, I believe they're American sweet. But like, like, what, what are they? I don't know. Um, sugar sugar, ropey things? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I've no idea. But the point is we don't get them here. And then mm-hmm. someone months ago sent me a picture of licorice root. So like the raw form licorice comes in and you can chew like the bark of the tree. Sort of thing Oh someone on Twitter Wasn't it Yes on Twitter Yes yeah. um, So I was thinking I was like Wait a minute There's so many delicious Licorice things out there That I can't experience Because I live in Ireland So I was half thinking About setting up a PO box So people could send me licorice <laughs> So I just want to bring that up and put it out there. Would, would anyone who lives in a country that has particularly nice slash strange licorice, would they be up for sending me stuff? If so, let me know via the usual uh, means like Twitter and Facebook and that. And if there's enough of a, like, a sort of like, oh yeah, we'll totally send you something, I will totally set up a PO box and details will be uh, will be in the next show. <laughs> So yeah, so that was, I just want to start with that. Hashtag Team Licorice, PO Box time, let's do this, Licorice for life. Okay. <laughs> um, That's the first point I wanted to bring up, a total non sequitur. Let's get into follow-up proper, yeah? Okay. Alright, so the last show we talked about techno-osteomancy.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is your magic system, your kind of um, ritual magic inspired cyberpunk body horror. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, that's it, exactly. And I think people liked this uh, or at least liked the episode because there was an awful lot of comments in the subreddit which was awesome. And I just wanted to talk about two two bits of feedback we had on the magic system which I think are particularly good. In a general sense, lots of people remember we had a problem with the scarcity. The scarcity. The scarcity of X, do you remember that?
1: Oh yes, and I was saying, oh, there's no reason because it, since it doesn't get used up, etc.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of yeah. pe- a lot of people addressed that in the subreddit, and the the common thing was it's either radioactive and or it has a half life.
1: Right. So it's not actually being used up, but it runs out in its own in its own right. Okay. Yeah.
0: So there can be like that makes sense. Yeah. So there can be an infinite supply within the gas giant, but it will just decay away after a period of time,
2: mm-hmm. which
0: is a very elegant solution to that. So that was the general thing, but Dado42 from the Reddit brought up this interesting idea of uh, grave robbers, which I thought was really cool because like the rebels would have to retrieve the X. So he had this this image of people going and breaking into cemeteries like midnight, like digging up graves, like real sort of like dark fantasy. And I was like, ah, that's really good. I I can dig that. I can really dig that.
1: And actually hold Oh that was Definitely um, uh, An accidental pun But I'm really proud of myself Now that I've noticed it (laughs) Oh someone
0: pointed out In the subreddit That there was like Toxic amounts of bear puns Last time Was there? Yeah because we were Discussing uh, bear flags And I kept saying stuff like Bear with me Bill Or like It's unbearable Like totally unintentional But uh, Listening to the uh, editing When I was editing I picked up on all this And I was like Oh god it's actually painful To listen to (laughs) Like, every two seconds, it's like, whoa, whoa, bear with me, Bill.
1: <laughs> Hold on, though. The, the the whole thing about the X is that it doesn't get used up. Mm-hmm. But it has a half-life. So what kind of scale is a half-life on? Because if it decays too quickly, then there's no point in... in the, it doesn't make sense to retrieve it from the bodies.
0: Yeah, so you'd obviously have to pitch it in that it is fast, it is slow enough so as to introduce an element of scarcity, but not so quick that it's just you don't need to retrieve it.
1: Okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. It's just a matter of scale, yeah. Yeah,
0: you just pick a random sort of, well, not random, but pick a time frame that suits, basically.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can. I can. I can buy that. Do you want to hear something kind of cool, sort of connected? To, I think it's connected to, to grave robbing. All right. Go for it. Yeah. So in the early 1800s and you know, a little bit earlier and a little bit later, there was a thriving industry of getting bodies, human bodies, and giving them to medical students who were or people who were studying anatomy. Right. Because there wasn't like a public system of, you know, uh, hospitals and universities having bodies to be examined, et cetera. And people who wanted to study anatomy kind of had to do it on their own dime. Okay. Right. Hmm. And so there was essentially a profession where you would dig up bodies or steal bodies from places and sell them to doctors and medical students and you know, trainee physicians and things. And they were called resurrection men. Oh, that's brilliant. Isn't that great? <laughs>
0: resurrection men. Love it. <laughs> that's really weird because it's like, it seems like a really dodgy practice, but for a good reason. So people can learn more about science. I think it's really weird.
1: Uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of weird from from a modern eye. And there were two dudes. I think they were they were Scottish. Hold on. Um I actually have the article. Yes, here. Uh guys called Burke and Hare who were oh no they they were Irish immigrants to Scotland that were um resurrection men, but they got their bodies a different way.
0: Oh, how did they get their bodies?
1: They just murdered people. Oh, <laughs> great.
0: So <laughs> just that's ridiculous. <laughs>
1: It's like, oh well, you know, we need a supply of bodies to sell to to sell to this
0: doctor who wants to do some dissection. I guess we could just murder dudes. And that's what they did. That seems like you you wouldn't you couldn't really pay me enough to take that risk. Surely, robbing graves is just a lot safer. Maybe they're both like sociopaths, and they're just like, yeah, whatever.
1: Possibly, there's also a lot of um, logistics and overheads involved. You know, you have to get the shovels, you have to schedule all the time. It's it's a, it's a labor intensive. <laughs> Like you have to expend a lot of energy and labor to dig up a, a grave, but I mean, just knocks someone over the head in an alley,
0: handy. Yeah, yeah, but then there's always, you know, imprisonment. That's quite. What? That's quite a big risk to try and manage there, you know. Oh no, they weren't imprisoned. Oh, they were just killed, were they? They were just executed. <laughs> yeah, that's actually very ironic. Is is that ironic? I never use the word irony properly. I, I'm not sure if it is irony. It's okay.
1: <laughs> Maybe dramatic irony, or kind of yeah, kind of it, it's it's. Hilariously appropriate.
0: Hilariously appropriate. We'll go with that one. So yeah, there you go. Uh, Grave robbers. (laughs) A very, very weird profession. Dado 42, uh, he went on uh, after talking about grave robbers to talk about essentially X being made in sort of rolling meth labs. Yeah. Which was another awesome, awesome addition. Because I had this idea that the artisans were going to be stationary and he brought up the fact that the government would just find them and shut it down and because they were the source of the contraband yeah. that would put an end to supply and he was saying well, one way to circumvent that is to just have them like literally have their meth labs or their x labs on on the metro while it's rolling so it's in constant movement and i was like this is brilliant and, and for some reason i i keep thinking about my, my neighbor totaro in this for like i don't know why Right, because it's my neighbor Totoro has nothing to do with rolling Met Labs, but that cat bus reminds me a little bit of what De, about Dado was saying. So,
1: I've I've never seen my neighbor Totoro, but I'm 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 familiar with pictures of the cat bus. Yeah,
0: you know the cat bus. Yeah, yeah. The the, the Met the Met Labs would not be cat buses at all, but for some reason my head just <laughs> my head just made that connection. I was like, yeah, I like this idea. It's great. So Dado Dado forty two had some cool uh, some cool comments there, but I think. The greatest addition to this is via email mm-hmm. from. Let me just call it up here from a John Overcash, okay. which is a brilliant, brilliant second name. That yeah, that's a pretty, that's a pretty cool name. And I'm not going to read out uh, his email address because we we said in our contact us form that we'll always keep email addresses uh, private but his email address is really cool. (laughs) Uh, Anyhow, so if it's okay with you, Bill, I would like to... It's only about two paragraphs long. I would like to actually read this out because I really enjoy his scenario. Yeah, go for it. All right, okay. So, X, whatever it is, is chiral. It comes in two different forms. Both forms release a sort of radiation, the magic, but one form is benign to humans and the nanobots are designed to use the radiation. The other form is benign to the nanobots, but is similar to to nuclear radiation on humans. The government has found a way to separate out the two forms and give it to its soldiers, the pure, benign kind, whereas the common folk can only get the racemic mixture as it is mined from the gas giant. Thus, they can get the effects, but then they die of something akin to leukemia and or bone cancer after a certain time. The remaining X can still be retrieved as it isn't completely used up but there is a half-life associated with it. Hopefully this satisfies the rarity and needing to retrieve dead bodies while still allowing for gradual using up of the resources. Finally, the leader of the resistance was once a soldier for the government, or possibly a rest subject, which is why he has the pure stuff. After learning of the atrocities of the government, he begins his rebel force. The government's position, of course, is that he had an adverse effect to nanobots, went crazy, and he's now convincing people to kill themselves with his conspiracy theories when they are just trying to manage an obviously dangerous resource. Yeah? Okay. Which I really like, and he goes on, I won't read out the rest of it, but he goes on to say that this idea of chirality is really cool because it parallels with, uh, and I didn't realize this, uh, drug chirality in Europe with drugs like thamildehyde, where you have one version that's incredibly dangerous... And one version that's like benign. Thalidomide. Yeah. Yeah. Thalidomide. I can never pronounce it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I. That's the one that caused all the birth defects. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So I really like that because there's like a real world sort of thing. You can bring in a bit of commentary there. Yeah. So I thought he had taken the idea of this half-life and really ramped up, ramped up the scenario. So I thought that was a really, really cool email. So thank you, John Overcash. I really, really enjoy that scenario. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think, Bill? Do you think good scenario, bad scenario?
1: Yeah, no, I, I that that's cool. Um, I like how it, it develops it and it adds um, depth to both the to both sides of the conflict, mm. but without nailing down a specific interpretation.
0: Yeah, and it also like it uh, fills in the gaps of my scenario as well very well. Mm-hmm. So I really like that. I think it was great. So uh, I want to thank everyone. I know I I can't go through and read. Every, or read out on air every single uh, comment on the subreddit but I want to thank everyone for getting involved and improving it it was awesome really cool yeah okay right so have you got anything to follow up Bill
1: remember a few months ago well, actually quite, probably quite a while ago now and um, you asked me a question uh, does the Lord of the Rings count as mythology yes and I said no but I suggested that there are other kind of things in pop culture which could be extended to Share some um, similarities with mythology mm-hmm. Doctor Who and and um, comics and things yeah I 'm actually going to revise what I said about the Lord, the Lord of the Rings a little bit because I said that it wasn't okay and, um, it wasn't mythology because it's a single author so there's a limited scope of interpretations of, of let me phrase this correctly. There's a limited scope of intent of authorial intent using the premise and using the setting and the characters.: Yeah, and it's only it's, it's making a kind of single statement. But that's actually not really true. Oh, how so?: Because there isn't just one author, because there's films.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And like that kind of adapted media. Based on the on the original thing is kind of what I was talking about when when I was um saying why initially why the novels don't really count as mythology by themselves, but I mean I would say that you know Lord of the Rings the novel isn't mythology, but there is a sort of mythological element to its place in culture and the way that the uh, the implications of something like the film. And the, the subtext will be different to what is in the novel because they're by a different creator or a different team of creators. And you can extend that even further to fanfic. Oh, is there significant Lord of the Rings fanfiction? I've never came across it. I don't know if there's a huge community, but it does exist. And there's one very interesting example, which I've I've only read the the first few pages of, but I've talked to a few people about called The Last Ringbearer. That was originally written in Russian by a guy called uh, Kirill Yesov. Okay. And the the premise of it is that Tolkien's work The Lord of the Rings is a piece of political propaganda. Wow. Written by the victors of the uh of the the Gondor Mordor conflict and it has been like specifically written to dehumanize the the losers, the the Saurons side. And this is written in the aftermath, from the perspective, I think, of like people from Mordor and the you know, like oppressive genocidal neighbour
0: they have is Gondor. Oh, that's awesome. Something I, I might not be getting the exact details correct, but it's something along those but lines. But the premise in and of itself is amazing there. Yeah. Well wow. I, I
1: think part part of the idea is that uh uh Mordor was going through like the beginnings of an industrial revolution. They, they were more technology. They had more artifice. And that fits in in some ways with some interpretations of Tolkien's pastoralism and Tolkien's anti technological views. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Definitely. Huh. That's amazing. Which is, which
1: is a real interesting thing. And uh, so I was thinking about that and about, about fanfic and how that makes. and how that provides a counter argument to what I was saying about there being a limited set of. of Intended meanings and a limited set of interpretations, and um I think fanfic is something that gets looked down on a lot by people. You know, I think that it's just uh you know it's just like written by teenagers in their bedrooms and it's it's got no literary merit or whatever. Well, some of it is. Yeah, I mean, I mean but like you know, ninety percent of everything is rubbish.
0: Well, so. <laughs> this is this is very true. Yeah.
1: And I'm not really that interested in the its actual own literary merit, but I, I've realised that it's it's. um it's a form of analysis. It's a form of creative analysis. It's people coming up with their own interpret their own stories, which are their interpretations of the characters. So it's no different to writing an essay, like an academic essay, about the interaction between various people. It's just it's done in the form of a story instead. Yeah,
0: I, I, I'm fully with you on that. I think that's, yeah, I think that's totally fair. Your point about, just to go back a little bit, your point about Lord of the Rings, uh, leaving aside the fanfic for a second, uh, like imagining the fanfic doesn't exist around Lord of the Rings and we only had the novels and the films? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Would the films differ enough from the original work to include them in this definition of mythology? Because my gut reaction would be no. And I thought you were going to stop at the films and not go into fanfic. And I was like, yeah, but surely that doesn't count. Do, do the films, in addition to the books, what under your definition, would they constitute as mythology?
1: I, I think looking at it from the point of view, is is this work mythology, and is this work mythology, isn't a, a useful way to, to think about it. I'm saying that The Lord of the Rings, as an overall thing, encompasses different works. And, and as such, that brings it closer to mythology in the way that I, I didn't really address in my, my previous answer.
0: Okay. Okay. So yeah, so it's not it's not black and white here. It's 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 yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm not saying the
1: films are mythology because that would be the same problem with what I said about the about the books themselves. But the Lord of the Rings is a cultural idea, originating in in these books, sure, but also existing in a lot of other forms. And as such, then yeah, it's, I, I think that makes it something like mythology. And you know, and there's there's games as well. There's Lord of the Rings, like, Lego, probably. There's all of these different ways of engaging with that concept. Okay, so let me
0: pose another question to you, Bill. Yep. Is everything, then, coming close to mythology? Because, like, if I... Just in my head, I'm thinking of various films, books, etc., and there's always... Nearly always there's an extension of ideas surrounding it. Like, they branch out into films... And there's gonna be some merchandise, like you said, Lego around all these things. What's stopping everything from from coming towards mythology? Nothing. Nothing. So, okay, all right. So you'd be happy? Would you be happy with the assertion that everything we well near? No, not 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 everything,
1: because most things are never famous. Most things don't get this uh, exposure in multiple media. Right. Okay. It's 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 when things, that, like, I mean, they, that they carry a certain weight so they, they can begin to be considered from a variety of angles. I mean, like, if I... Okay, I'm, I'm going to look around my room here and, and pick up a, an obscure book. Okay. Um, give me a second. Hmm.
0: None of them are obscure. They're all Harry Potter. Well,
1: yeah, like, everything, everything is, is, is kind of reasonably well-known. <laughs> okay, I've got a book over there uh, called... Uh, I think it's, I can't read it. It's Vanderbilt or Vanderberg or something? Right. Which is a story about um, uh, an old survivalist in somewhere like in Washington State or something fighting a Russian invasion of America. <laughs> okay. Oh, it obviously isn't because no one's ever heard of it. Right. So it does... It, 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 there's no way you can say it has the same kind of weight because you don't get people taking, you know, uh, images of iconic characters from that book and wearing it on t-shirts or, you know, making Lego versions or you don't get fanfic about it. Yeah, but that's
0: just but, the, you, but that's just a function of time. Like, in, like, several no, hundred like, years. No, like, that, like that, that book is ancient. It's probably going to, like, remain obscure forever. Well, yeah, yeah, but no, but, but there's, there's an awful lot of time left to come. <laughs> and maybe someone in the very, very distant future will pick true... Uh, our culture and happen to come across that and be all like yeah th- this this is this is really cool and then they start using that to develop. So okay well then like but then even if that
1: does happen there's a thousand other books it won't happen to.
0: Yeah okay right fair enough yeah fair enough. This this is interesting. This is interesting. Uh, you're making me think about the amount of things that go towards this. Which is which is something that see I would have always thought amythology is always Norse and Greek stuff and that's it. And I would mm-hmm. never have thought about it in a modern context and would certainly not, not have realized how much stuff could uh, tend towards the umbrella term mythology. Um, I mean, like, there, there's probably,
1: there are probably very strong camera arguments here that they're not actually used as um, means of passing on information about the world the way I'm sure mythology was, you know, it had like creation myths and stuff and that it kind of passed on cultural information through generations, but in a way it is identity forming, like being a fan of mm. like star Wars is a big part of a lot of people's identity. And it's, it's just funny. Like, like, can you describe to me like Darth Vader? Like what, what is Darth Vader?
0: Um, he's a villain from a relatively famous, uh, film series.
1: Yeah. And like, like what is he in, in, in? He's a villain. Like, and he's, he's super evil. He's super evil. Yes. And, the, like, you know, and he, he's really, really awful, and the, there's this whole, like, um, redemption story about him towards the end and everything. Ah. Um, but then, you know, you see all these cartoons of, like, Darth Vader playing with, like, toddler Luke and Leia. So he he represents this kind of, like, comical idea of fatherhood as well because he is so evil, and it's, it's such a contrast to, you know, that, that fact about him that he, that he is a father is in such great contrast to... His uh, his actual portrayal and his actual actions, yeah. and that's something that has been you know. So th- those comics are something that have gone away from his portrayal in the films, and it's it's using that character in a different way.
0: Yeah, reimagining him to tell a different story. Yeah, exactly the
1: point. Yeah, like, but the facts are still there that he is you know he is the father of these characters, and that the the kernel of the fact that he is evil is still there because it's it's kind of funny to see him like. Yeah. teaching Luke to drive the X-Wing or well I suppose it's supposed to probably be a TIE fighter but, yeah, to, to drive
0: you know I'm, I'm sure drive is the right uh, word there man.
1: <laughs> Fly? I think it is in the context of the discussion we're having because dads teach their sons to drive Edgar <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's, that's really interesting is um, I'm assuming then under this sort of uh, in regards to this discussion James Bond is relatively like that as well relative mm-hmm. mythology sort of thing because that's been reimagined by many people it has commentary on the current culture or at least the current for each of the films um so many things possibly
1: i I'd, I'd feel like it doesn't really have the same same
0: weight but again w- would there not be a monstrous amount of fanfic around james bond as well possibly it it i can't i can't exactly explain why
1: why it doesn't feel the same to me but um but hmm. maybe
0: yeah, it feels weird to me as well. This is why I bring it up. It feels right. like a strange one that, that seems to fit uh, what you've discussed, but something about it just seems wrong. Something about James Bond feels wrong. No, no, something about James Bond as mythology. Feels James out. Bond, he feels wrong. Yeah, James Bond in and of itself is fine. <laughs> well, well, they're a bit boring and they're a bit formulaic, and the older stuff a bit is massively sexist. And the older stuff is a bit backwards in its intent. Yes. Is The the new James Bond, I haven't watched James Bond since, what, like, Goldeneye? The World Is Not Enough? Um, oh, really? You haven't seen any of the Daniel Craig ones? I haven't seen any of the Daniel Craig ones. I I I hear that Daniel Craig brought about huge tra- change. Or, sorry, sorry let, to be more specific, he didn't bring about huge change, but when he came in, huge change was brought about.
1: That's true in a sense, yeah.
0: Okay. Have they become slightly less obnoxious? <laughs>
1: I haven't seen the most recent one. I saw his, I saw his first three films. Um, I really like Casino Royale. Okay. And I quite liked Quantum of Solace. There's a some kind of stupid, like, real pretentious film school director things in it. Um, <laughs> like, there, there's four major fight scenes, or four, four major action sequences. And one is, like, takes place on a boat. The the, the first one takes place, um, it's a car chase at the very beginning, kind of around a mountain and through caves. Okay. And the second one, it takes place on a boat. Right. And the third one takes place, it's kind of like a plane chase. Okay. And the last one takes place in a burning building.
0: Uh, What's what's weird about this?
1: There's an elemental theme to it.
0: Oh, right. Really? That is
1: so cheap and juvenile. That really annoyed... Like, I, I think it's a fine film, but, like, stuff like that really annoyed me. Um, yeah. Like, it, 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 it sounds like he's, like, really smug about it. <laughs> and uh, uh, Skyfall, I absolutely loathed. I absolutely hated Is Skyfall. Is that the latest one? No, that's the second last one. I haven't seen the latest one. Second
0: last one. What's the latest one called? Spectre. Spectre, okay.
1: It looks promising, and... I got the impression that Blofeld would be a, a villain in it again, and I quite like the, the Blofeld character. So. Now, hang
0: on—is are you talking about Spectre or are you talking about Skyfall?
1: Spectre. I got the impression that Blofeld okay. was 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 um, a character. I might be wrong about that, but
0: well, what was wrong with Skyfall? Going back to Skyfall for a second,
1: so I really didn't like Javier Bardem's character in it, and I thought he was kind of a a, a bit of a creepy gay stereotype. I, I didn't like that at all. Okay, he didn't really make any sense. It was it was he was the, the villain was too kind of campy slick. Like he, he, like everything just kind of worked out really well in in ridiculous circumstances for the villain.
0: So he was just really artificial.
1: Yeah, I found I found him quite artificial. I didn't like the Q character. They gave Bond like kind of a plucky hacker sidekick, um, <laughs> which was <laughs> terrible. Although, like, I, you know, that actor is fine. I'm nothing against that actor. Because I really hated the character, and I really like this interpretation of Bond. That Bond isn't the same guy. That it's a different person taking on the, the identity of Bond, so that, like, Sean Connery and Roger Moore are actually different people. There's sim- the same continuity within the films, but they're different people. Yeah. Who, who are both playing Bond. And then... Because cause a lot of the Bonds are quite different. Like, like, Timothy Dalton is, like, quite dark and violent. Yeah. yeah. And an underrated Bond, I think. Um, I
0: think and, a lot of people
1: think that as well, yeah. Oh, so... If if enough people think you under, think you are
0: underrated does it stop being true? I think we haven't gotten to a critical mass though. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think we're we're below the point at which it is uh common knowledge that Timothy Dolphin is a brilliant Bond.
1: Um and Skyfall undoes that interpretation pretty pretty
0: Oh. Yeah. That's the, the, not right.
1: I I can't see a way to to view Skyfall without it being um that Bond has been the same person since Dr. No.
0: Yeah, for like... How how many years has this been going? How many years has this been going?
1: Uh, Skyfall came out in the... It was the 50th, so about
0: 54 years. Yeah, same 50 guy 54 for 54 years, years. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, he started when he was like 17. And now he's... Now he's
0: 71 He's 71 <laughs> and he looks like Daniel Craig Yeah, super, good stuff it's just about possible <laughs> uh, That's a shame Because that's actually a nice little continuity thing um, yeah. And it's a shame to break that I have no intention of ever watching another James Bond To be fair, I think there's much better films uh, Th- There's a new Bourne film coming out uh, Is there? That's, is that
1: yeah. Bourne number 4? F- well, I-, I think it's the actual 5th one But one of them didn't have Matt Damon Oh, I didn't know that yeah, it was uh, oh. The born Legacy, I think, with Jeremy Renner. Oh, right.
0: Huh. There you go. I I, I thought uh, Matt Damon was in all of them. Is Matt Damon this one?
1: He is, yeah. And it's, is. it's just called Born, And it's like, oh, they, they found Bourne again. He's been missing since <laughs> whenever the Born ultimatum came out.
0: <laughs> Man, I, you know what? I just don't think I'm a fan of action films like i get that i i've i've watched the bourne films or at least i've watched uh, i would assume most of them i can't i can't tell you which ones i've watched um and they were fine but i don't think i get excited uh with action films the same way you do die hard being obvious case in point you know i'm i, I mean
1: i'm not like that big on action films in general there has to be something else to them to 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 do it for me like bruce willis and- um yeah well I I just think Die Hard is well first of all it's a Christmas film which is great <laughs> um and yeah like I really like Bruce Willis and I really like Hans Gruber's character and oh. it it being iconic it's so iconic and it's the first in a very kind of specific tendency of of film which yes is, which is part of why I find it so interesting
0: some say it might have birthed a virus, and it propagates now throughout our culture. But that's just uh, some. Some would say that. I'm not saying. Everyone. Air Force One is amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway, um, anyhow, we can. We sorry. We we can't go back
1: over Die Hard, man. <laughs> uh, and in Born, it's. I think it's. It's. It's just a
0: good kind of conspiracy thing, and I really like Matt Damon as an actor. So do I. So do I. What's this with with people give him an awful lot of grief? Do they? I think they do. Yeah you know like the the Matt Damon like Matt Damon mean oh well that that's from team america yeah as in yeah but he seems like he's a he's a person that people can easily uh make fun of the the thing in the, the
1: reason that was in team america is because his puppet was like not left long enough in the kiln or something like his his actual his puppet was deformed and they were <laughs> just like oh well he like the puppet looks really funny so we'll just use that as a, as a joke now we'll just kind of make him make him stupid <laughs> all right fair enough it, it was it was an entirely accidental thing
0: i i think matt damon is is great good will hunting is amazing it's a great film um, and yeah, he's really good in the martian uh he's good in born he's good in uh, most of what he does i think he's a really really good actor mm-hmm. um so yeah anyhow anyhow jesus lengthy digression <laughs> shall we go back to follow up uh, let's go back to follow. <laughs> uh, no, good points, though, Bill. Good points, and uh, I, I'm always up for following up on stuff, even if it's months and months later. That's all good. Anyhow, let's crack on. A uh, TB man from the Reddit asked us whether or not it's okay if people could write stories for Dagger. Cool. I just want—I want to put on the podcast. Yes, this is okay. <laughs> if you want to write stories for Dagger, go for it. And I assume, can people write stories for Handwavia? Well I haven't really given a lot of information for Handwavia.
1: Um and I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely doing my own I have my own idea about it. But yeah, that's information that's out there. It could Go be with. it could be a mythology type thing, Bill.
0: <laughs>
1: yes it could, Edgar.
0: <laughs> um so that would be awesome. Can I just uh um, if there's if there's some good stories, uh we may we may read them out on the podcast. But in that case can I just say we're not going to read out like uh, essays on the podcast. That would not work out well. So, best job if you want your story to make it on the podcast is keep it very short, like a nano story.
1: Or we could—I'm sure we could find some way of like putting them on on the Reddit or whatever. If people want to send it to us, we can we can put we can put particularly good ones.
0: Yeah, you can specify Reddit. if you're writing a story and sending it to us. You can specify in your email what you would like be done with it, because maybe, maybe some people wouldn't be comfortable with it being on the Reddit. So just let us know what you think. If it's small and, and it's, we think it's particularly good, it'll, it has a pop at the, the thing. But we will read all of them anyways. Even if they are three, four pages long, uh, I will totally sit down and read it. Um, so yeah, send in stories. That would be deadly. And this connects us up nicely to an email, Bill, from an, oh my God, pronunciation. Uh, Run. The Elf. I believe that, that, that's the name of this person. The Garrison, yeah. Yeah, well, you say that as if it's common knowledge, man. That's, 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 a, really hard, <laughs> that's a really hard name to pronounce. <laughs> they sent in an email. Again, let me just call it up. Yeah, asking whether or not Handwavia and Dagger are in the same storyline, in the same universe. Huh. Tell, tell us, Bill. Is Handwavia in the same universe as Dagger? What do you think? Yay or nay? Um,
1: I mean, I would have assumed nay, but it's a big universe.
0: Uh, Okay. So then if the follow on point that this person writes is, do they have contact with one another? And if so, how, and would the two systems be friendly or enemies? I think this says a lot about our friendship. So this is going to be a good, good question. (laughs) Mm, Let me think about that now for a second.
1: That's, that's a, that's a. A deep and nuanced.
0: <laughs> my well, while you're thinking, my opinion is that it would be weird to have them come into contact based on how different, diff- how we're differently approaching our settings. Yeah, like different genres. They're totally different genres. <laughs> so it'd be really strange for someone in Dagger to hop into their Stargate and then be spit out on a sort of like epic, sprawling, like planetary fantasy setting. I'm not sure how you would play that. I'm not sure if you can. <laughs> but if Although, you know,
1: one of the whole things of, like, sword and planet fiction is people, like, arriving in, in these things that are so different. So that would be kind of fitting.
0: Oh, that's true. That's true. You could do that, yeah. yeah. How would people get there, Bill? Um, are you a proponent of uh, the FTL drive, the transporter, the long-distance transporter, or the Stargate? I like the idea
1: of the Stargate. Um, I think in, to be in in fitting with sort of Sword and a the planet, they should not really know how they got there. Like they should fall asleep in a cave in a storm or something, or they should get like oh. get knocked on the head and then wake up oh. somewhere else. Like you know, if if you read um, kind of the classics of the genre, that's usually that kind of thing that happens. Oh no, hold on, Al Murik, the guy in Al Murik, got there by a. A strange device that the inventor then destroyed.
0: Huh. Which never is, which is never, explained. never
1: explained, so I guess that's
0: kind of a Stargate. Uh, could, I wonder, could we, could we tie this in with X? Could after you die from X poisoning or X, uh, or just, be, just dying in the battle, could your spirit or body go to your setting?
1: So that's like a Bangzian fantasy like we were talking about before. Oh, you're going to have to remind me again of what Bangzian is. Uh, Bangsian fantasy, I, I think that's the phrase, is a fantasy that's set in an afterlife.
0: Yeah, oh my god! We could have a Bangsian planetary swords and planetary setting! That is awesome!
1: So, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah.
0: so happy! <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: there's all, all these, like, confused cyberpunk super soldiers like (laughs) waking up yeah yeah yeah, with like with like shell shock and post-traumatic stress disorder (laughs) oh man oh 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 god
0: they're gonna have to bleep that out what happened bill um
1: so i made a cup of tea like an hour ago before we started recording and you know how i like to leave the tea bag in yeah you're crazy but yeah and I just went to take a drink of it, and the tea bags burst, and I got a
0: mouthful of tea grounds. Oh, that's not nice. That was not good at all. Oh. That was no bueno. No, no bueno. <laughs> so, for the sake of people writing stories that they do, do you want to do you want to set it like that? And then feel free, yeah, feel free. and and then me and you can create whatever we want on the site because again, we're going for the grand mythology here. So. <laughs> 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 this this is fun. <laughs> this is great, crack I when I was doing out the show notes during the week, I was kind of like, this might actually be the most enjoyable episode. Yeah, mm. <laughs> I, I, definitely to record. I don't know what it, what it's like to listen to. Maybe it'll be boring as hell to listen to. I have like, no and idea. And
1: as as I said, I've got my own ideas about about how um how I'm going to run with with uh the the system I created in Hanwayia. But um, there's 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 a way in which that's quite appropriate. That sounds very cryptic. They're just like, I mean, it was going to be kind of, kind of dark, and there was going to be ele- elements of sort of science fantasy to it, obviously, and, and like, the, the idea that, that... That's kind of a depressing idea in a lot of ways, and that sort of fits in with some of the visions I had for, for Handwavia.
0: Ah, so good
1: work. Good, g- good work, Edgar. Ah, well, I'm just, I'm just a creative genius, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Um, to just a question, would they be friendlier enemies? Yes. That's quite interesting, because Handwavia isn't unified the way Dagger seems to be. It seems to have a sort of a, a, a maybe not politically unified, but like a a culture, an overarching culture. Mm. And Handwavia doesn't. Um, so you couldn't maybe make a straight statement on that, but I, I would imagine Dagger to view Handwavia as either a curiosity or a potential threat.
0: Well... <laughs> Well, hang on now, if we're doing the Bangzian thing, right, uh, and your setting is functioning like an afterlife, is there any way in in which one can be, like, hostile towards the afterlife? No, the afterlife might be hostile towards them. (laughs) Oh, oh, that's that's interesting. Oh, before you described the term reverse Bangzian fantasy.
1: Yeah, I I actually have Wikipedia open here now. Uh,
0: Explain to me this, because in my head, I can't remember what you said it was, but in my head, does that mean that the afterlife goes back to the real life? So,
1: here it is. It's uh, the Novarian series by L. Sprague de Camp. That's a brilliant name. It is great. He's, He's written loads of stuff. And the premise is that the afterlife of this world is our world. So when, p- when people okay. die in the Novarian series, they go to Earth.
0: Okay, okay. So in order for your setting to be reverse Bangsian, someone in your setting would have to die and go to Dagger. Yes. Are we not doing it the other? yeah, yeah, exactly? Yeah, yeah, we no, we are yeah. doing it the other way, but I was wondering what the connection is going back the other way. Do you know what I mean? We're doing. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's just flip it around. Are you? Are you? Are you? We we've obviously established that when uh, the ex-soldiers die, they go to uh, Handwavia. Uh, right. <laughs> what, what's happening with your dudes? Are are we having them come back to Dagger, or is it just is this a one-way traffic sort of thing? Um, I don't know. <laughs> this is great, crack man. <laughs> I don't know. Again, okay, I I feel like I feel like one way. Works neater, but I also feel like we're totally abusing your setting. <laughs> 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 we're just like, no, we just need you to just be there, and we'll interact, and you just, you just do your thing, right? Don't, don't be getting any creative ideas wave Yeah, nothing's happening
1: with you. <laughs> but maybe it's not everyone, though. Maybe it's it's like you know, if it's just the ex soldiers.
0: Yeah. Hmm. I, I, I'm sure there's go. I'm sure there will be ways to to intertwine them more. And do you know what's a great way of... Well, of, that's that's an exercise for the altars. I was just about to say, a great way of doing this is to write some good stories. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, send us in stories. Hand, waving and Dagger are now officially connected. You, dear listener, get to decide how if you wish to write a story in that vein. Yeah? This is aw- this is awesome. All right, uh, now uh, uh, another point from this email from here we go again, uh, Gwinigarasron, the elf <laughs> is that he uh, <laughs> man don't do that to me. <laughs> is this le- is this? Are you legitimately saying that this is an e- like a common name? or Are you just trolling me? <laughs> You're so mean. Uh, anyhow So he, he writes and says His name is uh, in Elvish I guessed as much Because it was uh, followed by the elf But he says his real name is Irish And he wants us to see Can we guess his name Yeah Yeah so can I actually from the email <laughs> <laughs> But there's nothing in Is there something in Gwini Garasran That is derived From an Irish name I can't see it. Some of the letters are there, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not seeing it. I think, I think Gwynnie Garrison is, uh, was, left us a bit of a trick question there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, apologies for people who have no interest in the pronunciation of Irish names. Uh... <laughs> right, uh, so what is le- what have we got? All right, now we have an email for Bill. hmm And this email comes from... Comes from a oh now a Shelley Garcia. I'm going to go with that. Let's go Shelley Garcia, and she wants to know, Bill, if you ever heard of the band Melikesh. I certainly have. You certainly have good band, mm-hmm. bad band. Um, I don't know them super well. Um, but I know that they're good live. Uh, have you seen them live? Yeah. Oh,
1: where did you see them? Oh, what was the place? I can't remember the name of the event. Is it the Village in Dublin? In Dublin, yeah, it's on um, Camden Street.
0: Yeah, uh, I believe the, or is not Whelan's? No, no,
1: it's it's it's, it's by Wheelands. It, I think it might be part of the same group, but okay. it's not. It's not actually. It wasn't in Whelan's itself.
0: For people who don't live in Ireland, this is essentially like a music venue that is located in the heart of Dublin city, in the sort of like would you call it the clubbing district. Uh there's an awful lot of clubs around Camden I guess yeah yeah that's uh, just to, just to give you the context there it's a music venue in a pretty happening sort of spot
1: so yeah like I, I saw them I saw them uh, just over 5 years ago It was over February 2000 uh, the shirt I'm currently wearing I got at that gig <laughs> I just realized
0: are you wearing a Me- you're not wearing a Melikesh shirt are you no I'm wearing a Nile shirt oh, that would be awesome that would be uh, I I
1: didn't buy uh, a shirt. I didn't buy any Malakesh merch because I didn't know them uh, as well. I still don't. I don't know them particularly well. But they they were the second. They were like the co-headliners with Nile being the main headliners.
0: Whoa, sorry, sorry. Let me interject here. Hold on. Do you only buy merchandise if you know the band really well? Well, if I if I like them, look.
1: Like if I go to, if I don't know a band and I go to a show and they really impress me, I'll buy a T-shirt afterwards.
0: Oh, so are we saying that Malakesh didn't really impress younger ver- the younger version of Bill? Well, I mean, I was already a
1: pretty um, solid Nile fan, and I had a limited budget, so.
0: Oh, that's true. That's true. And that younger version of Bill would have obviously been still in college, Bill. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So then, obviously, cash is strapped at that sort of stage. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, do you want to hear a story? A a metal clothing related story. Well. No. <laughs> <Did> you
1: just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, the uh, remember the Nile jumper you got me? Oh yeah, you bought me a Nile hoodie. Yeah, uh, it has now it has now gone to the Bangsian afterlife, Bill. Oh no! Yeah, it's it shrank it shrank something serious in the wash.
1: <laughs> oh dear, like too small to give to anyone else.
0: Yeah, yeah, no one here wants it because no one here likes really likes metal that much, and yeah, and. I'm not going to go into my town and stand on the side of the street and be like, hey, free Nile hoodie.
1: (laughs) It's a a free jumper, like.
0: (laughs) Uh, And there's no uh, secondhand clothing clothing shops where, or charity shops where I live. So, so yeah, it has been retired. It'll probably end up being some sort of cleaning device now. It's a shame. That is a shame. It was a nice hoodie. It was a nice hoodie. Anyway, out of 12 for Melikesh. X. X. Oh, yeah. v- very good. Very good. It's oh, a, yeah. a good rating, if you understand your base 12 system. Which, to be fair, every listener of this podcast must by now. No, not not deck. Well, you need to specify these things. <laughs> well, if I was specifying deck, I would have said deck. <laughs> to be fair, uh, most people, I think, just say X. They go XE12. I get that it should be deck do, but, you know, we're in a base 10 way of living, and it's hard to fully, you know, move over to base 12. Anyhow, I mean, X, X like, like as algebraic in X. a non-specified variable. Yeah, because I haven't listened to them in a while. Oh, you're very, very politically correct there, Bill. Very diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> I have a follow-up question based on that email. Yeah? Uh, to put to you and the listeners. I have been listening to almost no music recently, which is a bit terrible. Okay. And I would like you, slash the people on the subreddit, to leave me some um, music suggestions, things to listen to, and I will report back on the podcast with my opinions. Okay. So, have you got anything that springs into mind as good stuff to listen to? Bear in mind, the longer, the better. Because usually I will listen when, when animating. Um, mm. So, you know, don't be like, this one song from this one band that lasts 20 minutes. I'm looking for, like, album suggestions.
1: Uh, the last album I like, got got quite into um, in the last maybe week or so. Um, you probably won't like.
0: No, 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 no! I, go for it. I want, I want to, I want to experience loads of new things. Through the barricades by Spandau Ballet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Spandau Ballet, really? Yeah. It's a good, it's a really good album, but I do actually listen to it like an album because I listened to the, the last song on it, which is called Through the Barricades. is one of their big hits by itself about a year ago. And I was like, oh, that's, that's, I don't know why that's one of their hits. It's terrible. I like, I like their other stuff way better. And then I listened to the whole album there recently and it was
0: really good. <laughs> Bill, your, your eclectic nature will, will never say, cease to amuse me. Spandau Valley are really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like oh yeah, Melikesh man and then Spandau Valley. It's like the swings um, are extreme. <laughs> if, okay, what's what's long? Uh do you like Richard Strauss? No, no, no no, hang on. No, no, no no. Uh what's called Spandau Valley's cool. Like I oh, I yeah,
1: I, no, yeah I'm, I'm I'm adding on that.
0: To the barricades, really solid album. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, sp- uh sp- let me let me take this down. I'm going to take it down in the dock here. Okay. So sp- uh, I don't know how to spell Spandau but then you go Spandau Ballet through the barricades. Awesome sauce. Now what? What? What else? Do you like Richard Strauss? Uh, I like anything. I'm open to all suggestions.
1: <laughs> Listen to Strauss's tone poems. My f- personal favorite is Heldenleben.
0: Heldenleben. Helden. <clears throat> that size nice, Helden. Uh, Sorry, we can't. Hero? Sp- we can't speak German. <laughs> what does Helden mean?
1: Hero. Heroes. So a hero's life. A hero's
0: life. Okay, so Richard Strauss's tome poems. Okay, cool.
1: And then, you know, obviously, like, you know, the thing from 2001 from Alzo Sparks Arthustra. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, which is also a really good.
0: Well, hang on, uh, man, man, but Jesus, like, I need to report back on these. You can't, you can't be like, well, let me go through my entire library. Oh, no, I'm Edgar. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so for now, I'm going to have a listen to Spandau Ballet, Through the Barricades, and Richard Strauss's Tone Poems, and if any of the listeners want to listen along, and perhaps engage in a bit of uh, discussion in the next episode, you're free to do so. (laughs) I'm not stopping you. One more
1: thing that I've been listening to recently.
0: Oh, I can't stop you. We start talking music, and we're off on a roll.
1: Let's go. (laughs) So, there's an artist I like called Cutty Rank's.
0: Cutty Ranks. Yeah, and yep. he's got
1: an album called Lethal Weapon.
0: Lethal. Oh, Jesus, there's another atrocious series of movies. I
1: like the the first Lethal Weapon particularly because uh, at the end, Mel Gibson beats the bad guy with like a really well-executed uh, BJJ move. He gets him in like, a, a perfect like triangle choke.
0: Well, hang on, B- BJJ? Uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. I'm more likely to watch A Lethal Weapon than I am to watch Die Hard. They're, they're more lighthearted. Like they're, they're, yeah. They're, 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 they're more silly. But, yeah. Yeah. But they're not good. I, I need to apologize to listeners because I feel like I feel like everything I say on this podcast is negative. Like it's like oh I watched I listened no, I watched uh, Enterprise it's terrible. I watched Voyager it's terrible. <laughs> everything seems to be terrible. Voyager is pretty terrible. Uh, yeah, no, but Enterprise is an awful lot lot more terrible, to be fair. Terribler. Terribler. <laughs> right, so listeners, to summarise these again, Spandau Ballet, True to Barricades, Richard Strauss's Tone Poems, and Cutty Rank's Lethal Weapon. Have a listen along if you want. I will leave some follow-up, all of which will probably be negative in the next show. <laughs> No, no, no. no. I go, I go into everything with an open mind and I, if I don't like a thing, I'll just say I don't like a thing. And if I do like a thing, I will give it a ton of, um, a ton of praise. Uh, You, we will see this in the green room later on if we ever get there.
1: Yeah. I've actually, I've actually been finding it hard to find new music recently. Yeah.
0: I think I'm suffering from a similar thing.
1: I just got like a, you know get into, a, get into a rush and kind of don't know where to look to find new things. I did, a, I did a solicit suggestions for Summer Jams playlist on Facebook the other day. So I've got a couple of new things to work through there.
0: My problem is that uh, I'm so out of the loop when it comes to popular music. Yeah. And in popular music, I'm including everything that is not classical music. Yeah. Um, I, I put on, was it Scuzz or something the last day? I think it was Scuzz. And I was like, I know no one. I know none of these people. Like, none of these bands. Actually, no, that's a lie. Bullet from my Valentine came on. I was like, I remember them. They When I was, like, heavy into rock music, they were, like, the new band. And now there seem to be, like, these, like, they've been around since forever. So I'm just completely out of the loop. And this is part of the reason why I was going to ask you. And it's really good that Sherry Garcia sent in that email because it just got that conversation going, you know? Oh, I'm sorry that
1: I haven't given you anything more contemporary in my suggestions. <laughs>
0: no, that's that. That's absolutely fine. I don't mind. Um, it doesn't have to be contemporary. Just pop, mm-hmm. um, or no? It could be. It could be anything. But I just need a starting point. Anyhow, have we got anything left with follow up? Um, I, I'm out. I'm out. Are you out? I I can't think of
1: anything. I think we're. I think we're. Um yeah, I think we're done. I think we've reached. Wow,
0: well, we're not done. We've reached the end of the follow up. We reached in the follow up. <laughs> One hour later. So, Bill, I hear you've been doing some political world building. I have been doing some political world building, correct? Um, but before we get into that, uh, let's. I want to talk about some general politics, real life politics, uh, if that's mm-hmm. okay. Because this never incites yeah. a flame war or anything, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, what do we have a government? I I don't know actually. Uh, mm, we we
1: have a parliament. We we certainly have like TDs. All right, we we have ministers. No, we don't have any ministers. We don't have any ministers. Okay. Well not well we've got kind of like caretaker ministers maybe from the previous government. All right. So we but we don't we don't have a new government. For 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 the listeners, what happened was there was a general election in Ireland 7 weeks ago.
0: Yeah, something like that, yeah. So,
1: yeah, like, like a while ago, it was like February the 20th or something, so it was a good while ago, mm. and it was a very inconclusive election, no one really, no party had a majority, and there's no clear political party alliances happening, so right now, we don't really have a government.
0: <laughs> Which is just hilarious.
1: Which, I mean, is, is, um I mean, we're doing okay, like nothing's caught fire or anything yet, we're... Like the, the government, like the, the country hasn't collapsed yeah. in the absence of a government. There aren't riots in the street. <laughs> there aren't riots in the street, no. The
0: TDs are still getting paid. TDs, now hold on, let's explain TDs. Let's break this down, sorry, yes.
1: So um, our parliament is called the uh, Arachdos. Mm-hmm. And there's two houses there's the Doll, which is like the, the lower house, and the Shannon, which is the Senate. Yes. And members of the Senate are called. Senators, surprisingly, (laughs) and members of the doll, the lower house are called TV, which is Chakli It's it it, pretty much it means MP, Mm, yeah, like like in like in any other parliamentary system, they're the members of parliament, the the Chakli uh And what happened was we had a general election to elect the doll, and because they're the kind of the more important of the two houses. And it was incredibly inconclusive. So we don't really have a Taoiseach or anything at the moment, we, which is the name of the Prime Minister. We just have the the previous Taoiseach um, sort of holding the position in a caretaker status, but is not really as an actual Taoiseach. But yeah, the TDs are all still getting paid. Yeah, that's a bit of a problem. <laughs> for a job that isn't being done. Now, someone did point out to me on Facebook that they're paid well to prevent corruption. So if they weren't getting paid at the moment, then they'd be open to corruption, which is a, a good point. But it still feels kind of a little bit unfair somehow.
0: Yeah, this whole election was a disaster. You, you say that there's no clear party alliance. I disagree. Really? Yeah, so for the listeners again, what happened, without talking specific parties, what happens is the two big main parties are kind of, uh, they best be described as being centre-right. right yeah. And they are, even though they ostensibly declare themselves to be very different from one another, they're essentially the same party.
1: There's very There's li- historical differences, but th- in terms of policy at the moment they're they're very, very similar.
0: Exactly, exactly. So their differences lie in the past. In uh what we call it civil war politics, I believe that's where the differences come from. Yeah? That's where they come from, yeah. 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 Um but yeah, like you say, policy wise, it's pretty much the same. They're not that different. So if there wasn't this historic burden on them, the easy thing to do would be the two main parties. Because they, if they they combined into a coalition, they would have incredible power. They would form like a super majority nearly, but they just are refusing to do so because of these historical natures. Even though, like I'm, I don't particularly agree with their policies, but from a looking at the data. Uh, that was gathered from the election looking how the votes were distributed the clear and obvious solution is for those two big main parties to just form a coalition and i think in any other country they just formed the coalition but here it's like this this kind of a weird thing because we're like a young nation and a lot of these things are still very fresh in people's minds and it's a very interesting strange situation and I, I have. This is why I brought it up with you because I have no clue as to what's going on. I'm like, I don't really follow the news, so I'm kind of like, uh, do we have a government? I don't know. <laughs> and is it is it being is it close to being resolved? Do you know?
1: I have no idea. I mean, I I reckon they're probably just going to call another election.
0: That's going to be a right disaster altogether. Yeah. That's that's gonna that's that's gonna be terrible. But hey, there you go. Anyway, so that's, I just wanted to, I realise listeners who don't live in Ireland are probably like, who cares? But uh, I I had no idea and I just wanted to bring it up with Bill and use it as a little segue into Bill's own political world building. (laughs) So what do you got for us?
1: Okay, I'm going to describe this. I'm going to describe it from the bottom up and I'm not going to, I'm going to avoid using uh, real world terms as much as possible and I want to hear your reaction to it at the end. Okay, go for it. Think how you would describe it. So I'm going to actually describe its workings, and I'm going to ask you to kind of to describe its name or what what you think would be a name for something like this.
0: Okay, but bear in mind, political stuff is not my forte. But I'll give it my best shot.
1: That that's fine. That's fine. Okay. All right, go for it. Um. So I've got pages and pages of notes here. So I'm going to start off by saying that this region has a strong cultural emphasis on the rights of the individual and the right of the individual to have a say in their governance.
0: Right, okay, okay. yeah.
1: And how it works is you will, uh, a citizen, uh, let's just use that word, I mean, that's a, a word with kind of a lot of connotations or whatever, let's just say citizen, mm-hmm. it lives in either a city or in an outlying area near to a city and they will have a say in their local government. So I've come up with a city, let's call it Mahersh, Okay. Which is a city with uh, five districts within the city itself, and then 11 regions around it. So like, let's maybe say counties or parishes yeah. around the city, which it administers. And the people from the different districts of the city or the, the regions around the parishes decide um, among themselves who their representative is, and then their representatives are take part in the city government.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: Now, the next level above that is the city government chooses a representative to send to the overall governing body of the country, which is called the Sovereign Court. Right. And the Sovereign Court has 14 members from the the various cities and the places administered by the cities, and the Sovereign Court chooses one member to function as the chief sovereign which is effectively a kind of a monarch it's a lifetime position okay and that is that is the size of it really i mean that's that's the the bare bones version and you can ask me further questions about this or how anything specific
0: works well you wanted me to try and describe this in real terms now okay well you can ask more questions first if you want Okay. Do I, um, do I... I, suppose, I
1: suppose an important thing to, to point out is that the, the regions outside the cities themselves can choose who to be governed by. So if, if a region on the outskirts of Mahersha's territory decides that Mahersh is collecting too much taxes um, or that they're not being fairly represented, then they can vote to join a different city. And that is a normal part of the political landscape. So they don't have fixed borders in the same way that we are used to thinking of. Um, it's not like, oh, well, this this parish belongs to this city. It's that this parish is contracted or this parish is a client of this city. And that can change as economic or political circumstances change.
0: Okay, so let me try and see summarize what you just said to see have I got everything straight and then I will give a pop at what this is. Okay. So... Uh, you have various cities, and they are surrounded by various parishes, counties, whatever.
1: Yeah, outlying regions of some sort.
0: Non-city outlying regions. Yeah. Um, and so the the outlying regions will vote to get a representative. Their representative.
2: Mm-hmm. The
0: representative goes to the city. Mhm. And then it within the city there is like another election type thing, and then one representative from that city election type thing where all the local ones have been drawn in is sent to the national level yeah and then out of that they elect from that pool of representatives. they elect the uh quote-unquote monarch yeah the chief sovereign okay so is this like a this is weird <laughs> a representative monarchy is this what this is? A representative monarchy? Um. Yeah. There's. 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 Um. Some of those words fit. <laughs> a monarchy that is not hereditary and not done by divine right, but a, a a democratically elected monarchy system.
1: Yes. Um. I'll point out that historically, monarchies weren't always considered to be by divine right.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Oh. Yeah, the Holy Roman Emperor was an elected position. Oh. Okay. Now, there were there were often limitations on it like you could only be like elected from the nobility or for a long time in the Holy Roman Empire they only elected Habsburgs um, well what's a Habsburg's? Uh, it was like a, a dynasty it was like a big a big oh, okay. uh, imperial and royal family. I think they're all gone now actually I don't know if there's any left okay so and, and sometimes that was legally encoded that you could only vote for someone from a dynasty to be the thing but elective monarchies is a thing. The, the Prince of Hanover was called the Elector of Hanover for a lot of history because they had the right to elect. Now, it wasn't elected by everyone, but it was like mm. that the, the people who are eligible to be in the parliament could elect the king or whatever.
0: Okay, so... so, so, so
1: Monarchy so... isn't as uniformly kind of autocratic and inherited as, as we often think it is.
0: Okay, so... All right, so, so that idea is not the... A, a democratically elected monarch is not the kind of... Key point. to This, I'm assuming that. Mm, I, I, w- I wouldn't say that those places were democratic necessarily. But in your in oh in your setting, they're not democratic necessarily.
1: No, in, in my se- Sorry, in my setting, I, it's yeah something like democracy. Okay. So what's so? Will you explain to me in real terms what's going on? Well, I mean, there there isn't. I don't have uh, any <laughs> any word for this because it isn't a thing that exists anywhere. I, you know, I've built in
0: something kind of new. Um. Okay, all right, okay, I thought you were so, trying to get me to find what it is in real terms, and I was struggling, because I was like... No, I mean, I was, I was oh. trying to think what,
1: what you would come up with, because there are certain keywords that I started out with, and kind of ideas I had.
0: Um, Why is there, can I, can I probe your system? Yeah. Why is there so much emphasis placed on the outlying regions? It seems like they have the potential to affect an awful lot of power. And if they're outlying regions, by definition, they are not cities, so therefore less people will live there. Yeah. So you're, it seems like you're giving an awful lot of power to regions that don't have an awful lot of people in them.
1: Well, the idea behind that is because there's a strong cultural emphasis on... The individual. On the individual right. And they, like a, a single outlying region can't force a city to behave a certain way. But they the the power they wield is the power of their own allegiance and their taxes and their their people to to join the military or whatever. So it's 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 that's how they balance the against the cities and the higher levels being too draconian okay. or taking too much taxes that they can say, well, we don't we no longer consent to this, and we will join a city
0: that gives us a better deal. And um, is there a like is okay? So let's say we have two cities. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I uh, live in a um, non-city, outlying region that's located equidistant between both of them. Yeah, I can just choose which city to go to. Yeah, which city to align myself with via voting processes.
1: Yeah, the the yeah. that that county can
0: decide. Yeah, it wants to be part of road instead of Mahersh right so that makes that makes sense when you are neighbouring them but like so can can my region vote to become part of a city that they really like the tax policy of except that they're located like 400 kilometres away I mean
1: you could try but no one is realistically going to vote for that because they're not going to be able to provide for you
0: right okay in
1: realistic terms
0: okay so it's kind of almost like a free market sort of thing it'll the system balance itself
1: Yeah, and I have thought about, like, I have tried to make this somewhat balanced, is that that one level of the system can't wield all the power. So, essentially how it works is there's an obligation and a receipt at each level. Okay. So, an individual person, a citizen, will have to pay taxes to their region and thence to the city that it's a part of, Mm. but they get representation in in the world, in in the political system, in return. Yes, yeah. A region... Will have to like again pay taxes up to the city and to the sovereign court, but then they receive representation in the court. They receive uh, military protection. Right. Yeah. And the the regions have like they self organize to protect the citizens and to see what what is the fairest and what is the best deal. And they they have the, the so then the cities they. As I said, they don't have this idea of fixed borders. They um, view it in terms of projecting influence and projecting force over the areas that are cliented to them. Right, yeah. They raise taxes and they raise a military force, which is um, the taxes are paid on to the court, to the national level, and the military force is nominally under the control of, of the court. Then the court itself... Is made up of people from the different region or the different cities. Yeah. So they they've all got their own competing things, and uh, they, like it would be difficult to form a cabal to take over because hmm. they can be unelected.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now, now uh, let me interject there while we're on the uh, the sovereign the sovereign court is what you called it. Yeah. 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 While we're on the sovereign court, you said that amongst themselves they elect a the monarch. Yes. And it's a lifetime position. Yes. Well, it, it, it can it can be unelected. All right, I was about to say, because it looks like you're going for a very fair system here. And then I was kind of like, what happens if you elect someone who's crap? <laughs> and yeah. then you're stuck with them for 50 years? <laughs> yeah. But also, so all right, so they can be unelected. That's great. But, what yeah. hap- but uh, the, the process... I don't understand how a load of representatives from a load of different cities mm-hmm. can amongst themselves elect one person to rule over them because by definition they would have to come from one of the cities as well. So in that sense are are they not prioritizing a certain place?
1: They're not necessarily prioritizing a certain place. They're prioritizing a certain individual.
0: Yeah, but that individual will will he not have he or she not have allegiances to the region and the city he came from?
1: Yes, but in order to, to keep that position because they can be unelected in order to keep uh, that position he will have to be balanced and, yeah. and be fair. And if, if he's like, Okay, I as the chief or if if that person is uh, the, if they say I as the chief sovereign will raise taxes everywhere except my home city, then there'd be uproar. And also that the court wouldn't pass that. The court wouldn't wouldn't allow that to take place. They would say, No, we're not gonna we're not gonna vote to that rule. So how much power does the head have, the 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 monarch? So there are fourteen members of the court. There are they each have one vote apart from the chief sovereign who has one and a half votes. Okay. So they right. have a, a tiebreaker vote essentially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, they, they're in no way like a, an autocrat. It's more like a chief military leader and a chief diplomat. Okay.
0: So do, do they, really...
1: which is what Kings historically were in the early, kind of earlier middle age. They, like they didn't move towards sort of autocracy until relatively recent history. And at least in, in, well, maybe that's a bit of a blanket statement to say, Got, Some kings, will you
0: like know, that. Edgar loves his blanket statements.
1: Yeah, for like uh, uh, originally, kings in a lot of places were primarily um, in in Western Europe, and they were primi- primarily the chief military leader.
0: Right. Okay. So they don't really affect the like running of laws, like this. So th- are, is their position like to sign in bills, to organize the military, and be a diplomat, sort of thing?
1: Largely, yeah, and th- to to have the 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 casting vote in in. Mm close situations.
0: Uh, and is, is why did you go for 14?
1: I, I didn't pick it as, as a specific reason. I, I I was trying to view this as an organic system that, that kind of grew up. I wasn't trying to like deliberately craft something perfect. So this 14 seemed like a an alright kind of believable number of cities to have in... Uh, country,
0: all oh, right, you know, but uh, why not just go for an odd number and avoid the necessary the the necessity to have a one point five vote on behalf of the monarch? Is that just again organic, like the real world? No, I, I didn't. And... I didn't choose
1: it on that basis. I picked a number and then I thought what well, the ramifications. would be.
0: Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. See, you and I are very different, man. Like uh, the first thing I would be thinking is like I would think like num- numerology and being like, what is the significance of this number? <laughs> and like, what can yeah. it mean? What 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 do we associate with the number? 14
1: <laughs> yeah whereas like i
0: mean like that's not how like italy came to be so. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> I, i've i've a habit like we've seen this uh before with um with the galaxy i have a habit of thinking in numbers remember my whole trefoil knot three thing oh yeah i have a real habit of like uh imbuing too much symbolism perhaps in numbers mm. Which can really hinder my world building, like so. Like there's things like I don't know if I build planets or something. Like I'm like I've been known to try and like hide mathematical clues in the numbers. Yeah. So like like have like the Harvey Ramanujan number stuck in there somewhere. Nature doesn't <laughs> orient itself like that, but I kind of like the symbolism. But it's good. I like the system. What sort of uh, time period is this set in? Is this a Middle Age analog? Is this?
1: I I was I was viewing it as kind of broadly middle age renaissance kind of thing but okay. I, I don't think it's necessarily tied to that
0: yeah no I no, totally I just wanted to know
1: that that was kind of where my head was at um the, the, the thing I, I kind of thought of to, to lead me to it now it, it 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 doesn't satisfy all of this but what I was thinking of was representative feudalism because I mean feudalism was was all about like control of the land and stuff I, I guess.
0: Oh what am I doing with my representative monarchy. Yeah obviously it's feudal it's like you have a feudal you have like the lords over the regional areas and then you have like those lords are subservient to the next yeah yeah sorry yeah. I don't know why I didn't think that's that's stupid. I am sorry the obligations
1: this was... go in in both directions Is that like the the ones above have, have an oppo- have the obligation to protect and represent and the ones below have the obligation to like pay the taxes and provide military and stuff um and yeah so it was the idea of like kind of what something vaguely with some things in, in common with feudalism would look like if there was an emphasis on a cultural emphasis on Democracy, our cultural emphasis on the rights of the individual to choose their governance.
0: Yeah, that's that's cool. I I really like that. Uh, can I ask? Sorry, and stop me uh, if you're like sick of the probing, but I'm really interested no, in this. No, please ask away. Have you come up with a, a system of voting,
1: like down to the base level?
0: Uh, well, you know, as far down as you've gone, have you have you just said they vote, or have you said how they would vote? Um,
1: i've I've worked out a little bit of one of the cities um but my idea is that they would be different from from area to area yeah because I think that's quite interesting and it's historically not that crazy I mean like if you look at um Europe like places could be like right beside each other and have, have very different legal systems and mm, yeah like England and Scotland have have quite different legal systems
0: yeah definitely and even if there is no historical precedent it's not like completely strange and yeah. it, it's really interesting anyways yeah so yeah. Go, tell us about this one thing that you have
1: okay so it was the city I started out describing Mahersh. yeah um, sorry wait till I find my
0: we're gonna rustle through the papers like a, oh let me do paper. I want to I want to join in union with you here hold on well I'm finished now <laughs> <I> just rustle <laughs> some papers <laughs> um so yeah this
1: is a city of five districts okay so, that in, in, within the city itself, say, within, like, the, the city walls or the urban area or whatever, there's five districts. And it currently has 11 client regions. So, 11 outlying parishes or counties or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: the city government is made up of two circles. The Great Circle. Ooh. Which consists of 16 members. One from each of its five districts and its 11 client regions. Right, yes. And then the High Circle which is like a, uh, the city mayor. Okay. Then it's representation or it's, it's representative on the sovereign court. Yep. representatives from the five city districts and then professional or religious representatives like professional or like heads of guilds or chief priests or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So the people of the city get slightly more representation because they're both on the great circle and the high circle, but the great circle must be larger than the high circle by at least two members. Okay. Um, and between them, they decide on who the, the representative to, for the court is. And because the, the representative at court will be away a lot of the time, they appoint a proxy. That person appoints a proxy to represent
0: them on the, on the high circle. Oh, that's interesting. Oh. Oh, well, can appoint a proxy to represent them on the high circle. Yeah, but that, that's an interesting idea. Um, so is that the extent at which you've come up with the system? You, you've come up with, you haven't come up with the nuts and bolts of the actual voting no, because no, okay. it,
1: it's going to differ from area to area. So like, so one city might say that all of its uh, outlying areas have to have like a ballot, mm. uh, like, you know, like a, a modern, a somewhat modern ballot box. Other ones might have like a thing where where everyone turns up and there's a discussion and, a, and like a consensus is reached.
2: Mm.
1: And I think that's more interesting to have it um, disunified. And also, that would make it harder to rig things because (laughs) you'd have to know all of the different systems and you'd have to, like, figure out how to fraud everything.
0: Oh, would there be potential for people who, like, make their livings that way, who are employed to try and understand as much of it as possible in order to report back and see can they sway the system?
1: Yes. It would be a brilliant... This would be a brilliant setting to be, like, a lawyer or a jurist or something in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's it seems like there's a lot of like legal entanglement that can go on and trying mm-hmm. to unravel that might be really cool. Yeah. Uh what uh, what are the problems with your system? Well, I have a page on that. <laughs> paper time, paper time. Peanut butter paper time. Where is it? I thought I had it here. I had it.
1: oh here we go. Okay, so there's it, it's it's disunified. Right. And that there isn't a strong, the fact that there isn't a strong centralized government means that, it, you know, it, it may be difficult to present a, uh, a unified response to external threats or a unified face. Okay, okay. And it can be, it, it, it is maybe bureaucratically unwieldy in some respects. Like if you want to change, make a major reform for the entire nation.
0: Yeah, yeah, Then it
1: would, it would take a long time to affect that. And while I said that the thing that the fact that things are uneven protects against large-scale fraud, it doesn't protect against small-scale fraud, and some places may be more open to corruption of the democratic process oh, than wow. others, which is a, a potential problem.
0: And that, but that's that's really interesting because again, problems make interest.
1: Yeah, t- totally, totally. And also, the court. Th- this is also one of my um, starting points for this. Is Are are you familiar with the idea that the the function of the state is to act, uh, uh, is to hold a monopoly on violence? Are you familiar with that concept?
0: Oh, no, I've never heard that before, but it makes
1: sense. Yeah, is that that violence is a thing that you don't want, but it's unavoidable, and it's better to have it, like, centralized in the state, so that, you know, you have, police can use force to prevent violence, and then the military can use force to prevent external violence. Yes. Yeah not a perfect concept by any means, but an interesting <laughs> one. So I was thinking about that. And that's quite historically a new one that, you know, in, I suppose in the English speaking world until Cromwell, maybe even a little bit later, military wasn't owned or controlled by the, the nation, the, the government as such. It was owned by noblemen. Yeah. And so this is what's happening here is that the, the military forces aren't directly controlled by the, the court. They belong to the city. So there's a possibility of intercity warfare.
0: Wait, hang on, hang on. Did you not say that the the monarch was the general like?
1: He, he's the chief leader. Oh, right. Okay. As in he's like the, the figurehead, the chief strategist. If there is a conflict, like an external he will conflict. be the one who comes up with it. Ah, uh, okay. Well, who comes up with the strategy or whatever and, and the tactics. But they aren't his
0: right so there still can be infighting amongst the ranks so to speak
1: yeah and 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 it it does happen and it's it's an understood part of of the political landscape when when a military force is required the the court will appropriate them or second them from the city
0: right okay yeah yeah
1: Yeah, like they they are fundamentally not owned by the court they are owned by the, the the city that raises them
0: Okay, that's cool. I like that. I like that again because flaws make things more interesting, and yeah. it's nice to have it not be a perfect system where it's a utopia and everyone's really happy. Yeah, uh, it's good to to have that. I li- I like that. the The idea of uh, intercity warfare is actually really cool. And mm-hmm. then I assume then obviously the the sovereign court will be on high alert then to try and democratically sort it out on behalf of the people underneath them who are causing problems. Yeah. Oh, that's good, that's good. I like that, I like that.
1: I have, I've written down five features or thoughts here underneath problems, which I might just read out. Yeah, go for it. Um, Now, I've I've covered most of these, but just to have them in bullet point form. It's kind of like an inverted feudalism, or a bottom-up feudalism. Yeah. There's a strong cultural emphasis on democratic representation. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Rule is legitimized by the will of the population.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: The sovereign court, or the the overall power structure, does not hold a monopoly on violence.
0: Yeah, like you pointed out there.
1: And the uh, concept of borders is fluid. It's not. It's not like the kind of rigid idea that we hold that a country ends here and begins elsewhere. But it's more about a projection of influence and power.
0: Yeah, the latter point I really like. Yeah, I think that's a really good part of your system. I really, really like that. Um, I, I, I dis- sorry I disagree slightly with your assertion that it's not the way we think like technically we have fluid borders uh, not on the national level but certainly on the local level when you take into account gerrymandering and the ability to be able to shift electoral borders and all that so uh, it's not exactly what you're saying yeah. obviously but we do it's not like this is a concept completely alien to people living in you know Ireland UK America or wherever else gerrymandering happens.
1: Sure, but I mean, it's not like it's easy to secede from one country to another.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah.
1: like in Ireland, less less so in in the UK, but in Ireland, counties are pretty rigidly defined, and it's it's rare that someone somewhere will stop being part of one county, or like a county does, never becomes part of another province.
0: Oh yeah, that's, so maybe my thinking of it as being electoral regions is wrong. I should think of it more as in like Irish counties. Early. Yeah, it's it's more. It's yeah. so the, I mean, it, it is electoral region in one sense, and the
1: constituencies shift, but it's it's probably something a little bit more old fashioned to our mind that it's uh, the, the the cultural associations with with your kind of electoral constituency are stronger than than they would be for us.
2: Huh. Yeah,
1: cool. I like it. I like it. It's I... an idea with with some um, historical precedent as well, because the Romans didn't think in terms of borders. Apparently, it was just like we have. Places that we can project our our power over.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, but again, even without the historical stuff, you don't like. It's nice to have it, but you don't really need it to like to to say no, that this is valid. You know, I I think it works as
1: a sort of a proof of concept. It's like th- this isn't totally this isn't totally out there.
0: Yeah, like it's happened before in the real world and it worked, so yes. it should be able to work on paper in a fictional setting.
1: Would you like to hear about? Um the election of the Chief
0: Sovereign <laughs> I would, but can I ask you a quick question before you go into that yeah. uh, How do the people feel about this how does the how do the lay people feel about this? Do they like the system? Do they feel it's unfair what's their thoughts
1: that's a bit of a broad question <laughs> i mean.
0: I will okay. But put it put like there's going to be a range of there of there there is. But overall, opinions. do they feel do they have a positive view towards their government? They think it does a good job for them, and the system is a good system.
1: Or I, I, I would I would expect it's it's generally seen as as a good system. Okay, um, okay. and I, I think the the real test for that would be stability. That if the the thing is manages to be stable and doesn't result in famines or or like mass warfare every. You know, if it doesn't do it too often, it's probably okay.
0: Okay, fair point. And another thing that uh, springs to mind about the individual, uh, how engaged are they in the political process? Is there a huge amount of apathy or are they really up for this, like, we have a right as the individual to choose? I would expect
1: that it would largely be quite active. Okay. Because it's, it's done primarily on a local level.
0: Okay, but no, hold on. But our politics is done primarily on a local level and the apathy here is huge. No, it's not. We elect, like... Local representatives to go to government
1: for us. Yeah, to to go away for us. Whereas to to, to the national level, where here it's like you choose your local thing primarily. You know, it's it's like... It would be more like people voting for their councillors here than voting for their TDs.
0: Right, which is still a... A uh, local representation sort of thing,
1: but it's more you're you're choosing your local government. Whereas in real life here, we're choosing our national. Oh
0: uh, okay, government yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and I suppose if people feel like they are more, they're more their their vote has more power because they can see it more. Because sometimes it's hard to see the influence your vote has on a national level. Yeah. But if your vote oh. has like is kind of more close to home, and that would lower apathy, then yeah. Yeah.
1: And the other side of that is because there isn't a hugely powerful centralised government. Is that voting on the the local issues is a bit more relevant?
0: Yes, yes, that's because true. Because you're
1: you're voting for someone to represent you your village or your city district in the city government.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is this system is this happening in Handwavia?
1: Hmm. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It doesn't really fit in with anywhere I've thought of in Handwavia. I, I hadn't considered this specific city to be in you, no, but um, oh, okay. there's no reason you couldn't transplant this
0: uh.
1: this idea. I mean, like, there's like kings and everything, so I don't see why you couldn't have this in more than one well, setting. I
0: was going to say that if anyone wants to use our ideas for story fodder, uh, they could easily uh, transplant it on, onto one of my outlying planets, but I don't want to steal your idea. So, uh, but yeah, I just, I just wanted to check. <laughs> so,
1: I, I've put it out there. I mean, if people, if people want, to, want to use it, then go ahead.
0: Man, I, I seriously, I seriously, seriously hope people write stories. <laughs> this is going to be some crack if they do. I really do. Um, but anyway, you were going to ask about the election, or you are going to tell me about the election.
1: Yes. So, the chief sovereign, which is the, the monarchial position, is elected from the 14 representatives at the sovereign court. Yes. Now, the election excludes the, when an election is called, it excludes the vote from the city of the current or the most recent sovereign. So there are 13 people voting rather than 14. Grand, yeah. And a majority of eight votes is required. So they need to have significant...
0: They need a supermajority. Um what what's exactly is a supermajority? I think it's something like 66% but in context this is more akin to a supermajority than your regular majority. Yeah, it, are you googling. It's, it's,
1: you can't just have a I am googling. It.
0: You can't um, you, can, yeah, you can't just have plus 1, half plus 1.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh a supermajority is it doesn't have yeah, um it's a specified amount. So yeah, it it can it can be anything. Yeah, it requires 8 out of the 13 um, votes from the, the eligible uh, voters.
0: So hang on, sorry, uh, who are we electing? We're electing the monarch. The
1: chief sovereign, yeah, okay. the
0: Oh, so it takes a significant amount to change it. Yes. Oh, that's interesting.
1: The position is uh, a lifetime position, mm. or until retirement, because you, you can choose to, to give it up.
0: Or assassination.
1: Or impeachment, our death. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, lifetime would include assassination.
0: Oh, it would. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um,
1: no, I had something here with death. Of the the chief sovereign. I'll get to that in a minute. Ah, you you um, you really you really did a lot of homework for this episode. Good God. Um. Huh. Now, you the chief sovereign, um, can name a successor. Okay. So you can choose an heir. And that requires active opposition to block. So unless there is a specific um, opposition to it, Ooh. the heir will be, will be, um, will assume the position.
0: Is the, the heir being hereditary? Or can they, just, they can just choose anyone?
1: Yes. Oh, but you, Which makes it a political move. So you can say, yeah. oh, you, so if you just like choose your own family and it's someone who's incompetent, then that's going to be opposed. Mm-mm-mm. But if you want to, you know, curry favour with another political bloc, you can say, well, I will name uh, this scion of your banking house or whatever as huh. my heir.
0: Awesome. I like that. I, I actually like it more than the fact that it could, it could uh, happen that it becomes hereditary for a period. That's what I think is really, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, which I, that's really interesting because you set it up. Like at the start, you specifically said it like it's not a hereditary office, but the like the sort of the nuances can make it little loopholes can make it happen to become hereditary I think that's cool to,
1: to be like functionally hereditary or like like yeah that you, you could pass it on to your to your heir
0: yeah and then there yeah. might be a possibility that the heir is really good and then you might get a thing where they're kind of like well this family has done really well so that could tick over until someone really incompetent comes along uh, yeah. I think that's really cool that leaves it open for a political shift of system that's awesome
1: now, to oppose the uh, uh, naming of an heir requires nine out of 13 votes.
0: Oh, a super, super majority.
1: <laughs> the heir must still be eligible for membership of the sovereign court. So you, you have to say that, okay, I'm going to, I'm the chief sovereign, Bill is the chief sovereign, and I'm going to make Edgar my heir. Right. When, it, when the office becomes vacant through my death or impeachment or retirement, you must still become a member of the sovereign court through the normal means so you still have to become a city representative
0: so you can't have crazy king bill picking the peasant some peasant off the streets in some random district
1: more or less yeah Yeah. i mean he could do that crazy bill could do that but and it would probably be opposed and if it wasn't opposed it would fall through if that peasant didn't get elected to the court.
0: Yeah, it, it seems like that's a measure just to make everything more streamlined in a way.
1: Well, yeah, it's 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 to prevent like outright abuse. And because yeah. if you could say that, oh well, this person who is quite powerful within the nation, there is no balance and there's no check mm. to mm. to who this person is. That kind of underlies or that that undercuts the democratic idea.
0: Is there any is there anything that can happen where you require more than nine votes?
1: Yes, impeachment.
0: Oh, okay. Go tell us about this.
1: <laughs> so, if uh, if uh, a chief sovereign is considered to be no longer fit for office for whatever reason, it requires ten out of thirteen votes to impeach. Because obviously they can't vote on themselves, so that's why it's, why it's thirteen still. Yeah, um, I, that, and yeah, my that, kind of logic behind this is you that. need a comfortable majority to maintain leadership. Yes. So you need eight out of thirteen, which is a pretty comfortable majority to maintain leadership. Nine out of nine out of thirteen is a greater majority again to consolidate power. So it's to prevent people easily building large power blocks. Yeah, yeah. But then it's larger again to upset the status quo because you want stability.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's that makes perfect sense. And also, like you, know, you can't have someone. Yeah, like uh, if seven out of the thirteen people just decided they didn't like the thing, you can't have that level of change. And it could happen so often as well. Oh yeah, that's no good. I agree with the ten. Ten's good. I agree with
1: it. Now, um, if the the death of a chief sovereign, the approved heir, or an approved heir, so if it hasn't been it hasn't been overturned and they're eligible to um take a seat in the sovereign court, they assume office immediately. Oh right, okay. In the absence of an approved heir, the city that the chief sovereign came from appoints a replacement representative and then an election takes place as normal. So if if Crazy King Bill hasn't named anyone, and then he dies, then the city I came from, just, you know, puts out a new representative, and then a normal election takes place within the sovereign court.
0: The same thing goes if he has an heir as well, isn't it? So if Crazy King Bill has a, re- a normal heir, do they fulfill a caretaker role until they are validated by a vote, or does um, it just take over and like if they're an heir, it just they just keep office
1: well it's not the same thing because in the absence of an heir there is an election if an heir has been named there's no election there's no election within the court the court does not hold okay. an election to decide the next yeah. thing the next sovereign because they could have opposed it already cool yeah that that my perfect sense cool and you were asking about whether the person is eligible to be a member of the sovereign court yet um, that's a I guess that's a slightly grey area I'll need, I'll need to think about the mechanics of that okay and in the time of what word did I write there? That is not a word. <laughs>
0: Try and pronounce it. What word did you write?
1: Greaternance. Greaternance. Good. Oh, it's governance. And I've just made part of the V, to the like the last arm of the V really high by accident. Uh,
0: crazy, um, crazy King Bill and his inability to
1: spell. And in the time of crisis, or in a time of crisis when there's, uh, it's not possible to hold an election for whatever reason, the election is suspended and the court of fourteen equal members assumes a caretaker government.
2: Yeah, cool,
1: cool. And now, there's obviously, a po- like, as all things with emergency powers, there's a possibility of abuse there. But yeah. remember that people can be recalled.
0: Yeah, and it's by an, their own cities. It's an emergency situation, so
1: yeah. So uh, it's it's uh, it's unlikely for people to allow it to go on for too long.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And in terms of like a literary function, uh, it's yeah. nice to have chaos then, because it reflects the chaos of what's going out, going on externally, internally as well. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I like. Uh, do you have any? Have you come up with any uh, stories around this? Have you come up with any like particularly mad king or something crazy king Bill type stories? I haven't. You I haven't. Have not. Oh, I mean, I've,
1: I've got, I've got a, a good few pages of notes here, as you've, you've heard. Um, <laughs> wait, wait! 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 Paper time. <laughs> and I'm, I'm considering maybe like actually writing it up as a, a kind of a some kind of in-universe document that explains how the 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 government of this nation works
0: if you have it up by the time this goes live i i will link to it if that's okay with you yeah i i probably won't but i mean if i have it up by another stage <laughs> you'll still link to it i guess <laughs> <laughs> there is no capital city there is no cap well that makes sense because you're on about kind of everything being even and uh yeah. nothing sticking out yeah a capital city would defeat the purpose um, or rather, there's, there's no permanent capital. I was about to ask: Could you not have a moving capital city? Yeah, that moves around. So, that that's good. I like that.
1: So my my idea at the moment is that for ordinary business, the the sovereign court convenes at a particular city, and it changes every maybe half year or so. So there's a, like a, a calendar that it will like it will travel between the fourteen major cities over the space of however seven years. Let's say
0: we had that in. This is a thing that happens in the EU, isn't it? Not with capital cities, but there's a thing, Ireland...
1: Oh, like the, the nominal capital, like, yeah, is, is yeah. passed between the countries. Yeah. yeah,
0: this this weird kind of like uh, lip service type thing. Ceremonial capital. Yeah, okay. ceremonial capital. That's cool. Uh, that's that's interesting. I like the and idea of that. And for
1: extraordinary circumstances, the seasonal calendar is abandoned and the court just meets, you know, at whatever the most convenient place to the crisis is. So say there's an invasion on the southern border, then they'll meet at, in a, at a city in the south. Okay. Hmm. Just for the duration of, I was like, "Oh well, there's a problem here. Better go here so we can be close to the action and be effective down here."
0: Um, would do you, would you not want the opposite? Uh, do you want no? Because do you, you want to bring if, all your electives to the danger zone?
1: <laughs> well, I'm mean, not going to like put them on the battlefield, but you also don't want them weeks of travel away.
0: Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry, you're you're in medieval times, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, they'd have to get on their horses and go down, yeah, 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 <laughs> I'm sorry, I was kind of like, eh, just, just send an email. <laughs> uh, yeah, cool, that's cool, that's cool. I think that's all of it. <laughs> Dude, seriously, man, like, I was kind of like, like, I didn't put half as much effort into, into, uh, the magic system last time. I was kind of like, oh, I have an idea, here's a couple of details, class. but you've proper, like, come up with a... Like a dossier over there, I can hear it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've got one of those, like um, you know, those like journalist pads, like the A five spiral. Oh, t- <laughs> spiral notebooks. Let me see how many pages do I have. Are you
0: wearing your fedora one, with two, the press thing stuck in the band? Three, what a scoop! What?
1: Four, five, six. Now, some of it is is doubled up because I wrote it top down and then thought it was more thematically appropriate to write it from the bottom up again. Three, three, four, five, six, seven. 12 ish pages.
0: Wow! Of notes. That's cool. That's cool. You, uh you, you serve the podcast well, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had remember the initial plan was both of us would build a uh, a system. Yeah. But then Edgar, uh, got really busy with with in re, uh, in real life stuff and w- I wasn't able to, um. I had my rough idea. I never got a chance to see if it would work or flesh it out. My rough idea was to have a proportionally representative theocratic meritocracy. Okay. Uh, That was my idea. And I still, in the back of my head, I'm still kind of like, I wonder could this work? Like a representative religious meritocracy. And I I might actually give that a pop for next time and see if it works. Um, Sure. I'm thinking in my head, probably not.
1: So governed by the priests, but you you advance to the priesthood on merit.
0: Uh, no, not really. No, the way I was thinking of, of it was that you, the people who put themselves forward for election can only be priests. And they will have particular skills in certain areas. Like one will be like, will be a priest who's in contact with the goddess of health, for example. Right. And then you would you when you're voting, you would vote in people for jobs. So you would you would have one ballot in front of you will say, or I haven't figured out whether or not it's a ballot, but one thing in front of you that all the list of priests that convene with the health goddess and you pick which one you think does the best job. And then you have okay. all the list of priests that convene with the war goddess and you would elect them to be like overseeing defence and things like that. Yeah. Um it sounds ridiculous, <laughs> not that I say it out loud. That, that's quite interesting. Are the
1: are the church, is, is there a hierarchical church? And if there is a hierarchical, okay, no. Is there a hierarchical religious organization? And if there is, is it separate to the government? Are uh, they separate organizations, like nominally?
0: No, so there isn't. There, I don't think there would be a hierarchical religious organization. Uh, Church type thing, it's more kind okay. of like certain people are just born with the gift to, commu- to talk to the gods, yeah, yeah. So it's or kind they, of
1: they, even if they train it or whatever, that doesn't really change the,
0: yeah, yeah. It, it, but there's no kind of like, yeah, there's no centralized church. Now, what was your second point?
1: And if if so, is it a separate organisation to the government? it doesn't. The,
0: yeah, the, yeah. It's the government is just formed now, because I think the way it is that the people see that obviously you want yeah. to be ruled by people who who can understand and communicate with the people who make existence. Yeah. Um. So they elect so them like that.
1: Religion, religion doesn't exist as a social organizer as such. Religious organisations don't act as social organisers the way they. Often do
0: yeah, they're still social organizers in the sense that they become the politicians that set the rules for society.
1: Yeah, but like the the worship isn't like I mean, yeah. like, for example, in, Mes- in Mesopotamia, I, I as far as I know, the the priests were like they collected the, the like um, fruits of, of agriculture and stuff, mm. and that was part of the religious concept and the and the, the religious makeup of of society was that doing this giving your your grain to the city was given to the priests and that was part of religion uh, so there's nothing kind of an, analogous to that they're, they're more separate
0: oh, yeah well th- that again that would happen but there be the the context behind it would be different like yeah, you yeah, would okay. you would give your you would give your grain in forms of tax to the agricultural priest uh, but there isn't a kind of like, if you do this, the gods will be happy with you. Do you know what I mean? Or there's no kind of like, yeah, there isn't this religious connotation. It just so happens that the people in power, we would, from the outside, look at them and call them religious. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Again, again, man, I haven't. I, I, I sat down and went, what do I like? What do I I, I start, I was kind of like, what do I not like? I'd like to build a system I don't like to really test my ideas. Um, and yeah. and then uh, regardless of religious beliefs, uh, what religious beliefs people have, I think it might be safe to say that a theocracy is not a great idea because uh, it's the same same thing like an like autocratic sort of nature. It's like too centralised and too in house. So I was like, oh, I'll do that. And then it slowly turned into, oh, I like this idea of theocracy. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I really like uh, proportion representation. Let's, let's do that. And then, oh, yeah, meritocracy. Great, perfect. There's a system. Uh, that was the extent of my thinking. So I haven't really got anything to answer a lot of questions on, you know. Um, but yeah, there you go. I might flesh it out for next time. Who knows? I like the sound. Oh, thank you. I genuinely thought it was crazy. So yeah. All right. Uh, have we, do you think we've reached the end of main topic? I I think we have. I mean I don't think I have any any more to say. And well, if you do have something more to say, you can add it in follow-up next time. That's that's true. That is what follow-up is there for, sir.
1: Um can I name a an interesting um website? Nope. That cool. Alright. <laughs> On to the green room. <laughs> Go for what's this website? So uh, welcome to the green room, Edgar. Um so uh, we can put this in the show notes. Okay. There's a website called uh, The Front History. Okay, I don't know this at all. And they seem to be some kind of word geek, so I'm fond of this website. They have a, a number of uh, glossaries, so kind of obscure words in English or different uh, categories in English and lots of words from that category. And one of them, the first one I actually came across, is a word list types of government. Okay. So I kind of had a bit of a look at this to see if there was anything I could use to to describe my um, describe the system I came up with, but I, I mean I found this found this ages ago, right. and it's it's a it's a very very fun list. Do you want to hear a few of them? See if you can figure out what they are.
0: Oh, guessing games! You know I love my guessing games. Right, go for it. Okay,
1: so I'll give you a, an easy enough one at the start.
0: Oh God, no! <laughs> the pressure. <laughs> diarchy. A diarchy. Would this be some sort of monarchy with two, two heads of equal power?
1: Yeah, a government yes. by two peoples.
0: Yeah, one nil to Edgar. Uh, ecclesiarchy. Um, something to do with ecclesiastical? So, well, hang on now, that's religious, but that would be a, a theocracy. Uh, a, a religious monarchy?
1: Government by clerics or ecclesiastical authority. Plutocracy.
0: Oh, I don't know this. I know this. Hold on. Or I read about this. Ah, oh, no, no. I read about this in looking at political systems. I, I don't know. Uh, pl- well, hang on. Oh, Let me just try and logic it out. Something to do with Pluto? No, it's not. That's stupid, Edgar. Jesus Christ. <laughs> in my head, I was thinking Plato. And then I decided, I I like, I said it, and I was like, oh, no, it's not Plato, it's 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 Pluto. I I have no idea, what is it? Uh, a plutocracy is governed by the wealthy. Oh, how does that... Where does the word Pluto come from? Is that... Is that um, derived to mean wealth or money from somewhere?
1: Let's find out. <laughs> plutocracy, wiktionary. Yeah, plutos is uh, wealth in Greek, apparently.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay. And Kratos
1: is, like, power, as in all of these. Um... Kleptocracy.
0: A kle- oh, I know this one. I know this one. This is one of the strange ones I came across. It's uh, ruled by thieves. Ruled by thieves. Very yeah, good. Yeah, for a kleptomania. That's, that's quite an easy one. Yeah. Find find one on the list that you think would be borderline impossible to get. A really difficult one. Like really, like a really difficult one for you to guess. Yeah, a really difficult one to try and logic out. How crazy does it go?
1: Well, here's one. I. I mean, I just... I don't... I can't see the etymology here. I don't know this. Iatrarchy.
0: Iatrarchy.
1: I A T or A or Iatrarchy.
0: Iatrarchy. Jesus. Uh yeah, I can't see the etymology either. Um Okay, I'm gonna take a pop. I'm gonna take a pop. A system of government whereby the leaders are elected on the grounds of how much they love licorice.
1: <laughs> Edgar's dream system. There's an idea for political system.
2: <laughs>
1: I have no idea what is it. Government by physicians.
0: <laughs> you no, know, doctors. Okay, how many more do you want? Oh, they. Uh, well, we might end it there, but they, they should. totally should have called it doctrosity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hold on, I, I'll find. I'll find a, a couple of funny ones.
0: Okay, go for it. Go for it.
1: Bureaucracy. No. Governed by beer makers? Yeah, government by <laughs> brewers or brewing interests. You see, a lot of these will have been used like satirically by, by people <laughs> o- over the thing. Right, like entered right. The, entered the lexicon. Diablocracy. Di- okay. Sorry, Diabolocracy. Oh, that's a, how do you Dia- Diabolocracy. Uh, rule by the devil? Rule by the devil. Boom. Metal. Boom. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. <laughs>
0: okay alright shall we Shall we call it there on that wonderfully let's call mode? it there no, no 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 not yet uh, hold on uh, if you were to have a system of government based on licorice though what would you call it well what does licorice come from yeah let's look it up what does licorice come from <laughs> I'm sorry listeners I'm really sorry we've been here for an hour but this is this is this is pressing stuff pressing stuff uh,
1: so licorice and aniseed are different, they're not the same thing, they're just...
0: Connected. I will take, right? I will take both
1: though. Uh, what's, hold on, okay, well let's find what I, what it is in, in Greek. Glycoriza.
0: so g- glycorizarchy? Glycorrhizae, Oh. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome, I like it, that's gonna be, that's gonna be my political system for, for dagger. Um. <laughs> alright okay uh, will we go to the green room let's go to the green room I have since the last time we talked I have watched Firefly oh yeah yeah now it, counter to how Edgar usually talks about things after he watches them Firefly is amazing okay I love Firefly Firefly is great. Like I, I was thinking about this. Like, all right, I gotta, I gotta have some bad points to bring to Bill. I have no bad points. Like the only bad points I could say would be um the way it was treated, the way the show was treated, like being aired out of order and not continued. Yeah. That's that's the bad things about it. Like, but the characters are really witty and like kind of at the start they're kind of dark and there's nice there's really nice storylines and you know it's just it's really cool and then the things that a lot of the critics were saying that were bad about uh, it when it first came out like the idea that uh they took the idea of a space western way too literally fine don't care the fact that you've spaceships and horses the, just I totally bought into that world watching it no problem yeah that 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 feels entirely consistent to me yeah. I, I i really yeah that, I, I can't I, I would not fault them on that and I think it's a really when you analyse I think it's an interesting aesthetic to have and the idea of having the like the revolvers and things like that as well fine totally fine it makes
1: a lot of sense I think
0: yeah definitely and I don't think that's uh, if you go to the Wikipedia page you'll see people criticise that I think that's a completely invalid criticism I think it's great um, the characters are great they've like it's just everything about that show is absolutely amazing and I was genuinely very sad that like I can't watch anymore you know um, so yeah. I just want to bring it up. I have nothing negative to say. You've watched it. Have you got that bad things to say about it? Um, I
1: was severely misled about how how cool River Tam was. Like she she does barely any violence in the show.
0: She does do barely. Yeah, compared to the movie, she does barely any violence. Even in the movie, she doesn't do that. Oh, she has that th- thing. Well, she has a thing in the in the. There's like
1: two scenes in the film. Yeah, to be fair, I did fall asleep halfway through that film. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, and Mal, I don't know, Mal's, Mal's kind of an idiot. Ah, but he's a he's a lovable goon.
0: Like you're kind of like ah, Mal he, I I don't like I don't like how he is to Anara. Now, now, this is an interesting thing. Myself and the captain had a discussion about that. I there you can read into it an awful lot that he's very he's very derogatory towards her, and They're very patronising. He's very patronising as well. But, and I think that's a totally valid uh, analysis of what's going on. But I think it's... I, I think he's not a perfect character at all, right? And I think he's very flawed emotionally. And he clearly cares for Inara. And he just doesn't have the, like, emotional intelligence to be able to do it properly. So he, like, reverts to these, like, schoolboy tactics... Not saying it's a good thing or anything, but beneath all of that, I think there's a genuinely caring, loving relationship, and I think that's what gives that situation a little bit more complexity. Uh,
1: yeah, but I mean, he, he just—he thinks he knows what's best for her, and it's really—I don't know—it's really. Yeah. I don't like that.
0: Yeah, no, there's, there's, there's problems. There is problems there. There is problems there. Definitely, but I, uh, I, I think the redeeming thing about it is that for me is that, that the underlying thing if there wasn't that underlying thing i would just be like that's terrible writing it's just not good but yeah there's one scene this i can't remember what it was uh but myself and the captain had this discussion and immediately after having the discussion we press play again on the episode and the immediate next scene resolved this and both myself and the captain looked at each other and went oh yeah yeah no okay we get it he's not a, he's not a pig to her he just is emotionally un- unintelligent and a bit ham-fisted in the way he does things. Um, I, t- I take that criticism. I take that criticism, but I don't think it's as bad as it could potentially be. Yeah, no, I mean,
1: he could, he could be worse, but he's, I don't know. He just thinks he knows what's best for him. He doesn't actually listen to to her side of things.
0: No, 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 no. The, the, this is true. Uh, I do like the way Anara though, as well. I like the way they've set up the, uh, like, she's um a companion. Yeah, but she's like a powerful companion. You know what I mean? Like you could really, yeah, yeah, yeah. you could really easily write that in a very, again, derogatory sense. But they've given her like a yeah, a power, and she has. She's just a really, really strong character. Really like an Ara. Yeah, she's she's a sex worker, but she's not abject. She's yeah, she's yeah. I think then they came that whole shtick around the whole like lore around how companions work. I think is a very interesting twist on mm-hmm. the sort of like wild west sort of how sex workers would be i think that was a really good and progressive thing What they did there and it's the same with it's the same with all of the female characters as well on that show like uh the engineer what's her name kaylee kaylee yeah. is another strong very strong uh, female character and then of mm-hmm. course um what's again i forget her name uh Wash's wife, what's her what's, what's her, what's her, Zoe? Zoe, that's it. She's, uh, she's obviously a hugely strong and influential female character, so yeah, I think, badass. Yeah, total badass. Uh, so, mm. I, overall, I think it's great. Uh, the only thing, actually, uh, that I think about, it, that I don't like is, is Wash, the blonde fella, the pilot. The pilot. Yeah, purely because I only see him as the, one of the sort of squires in A Knight's Tale. Did you ever see that movie, oh, I've Knight's never Tale? seen that. Yeah, so he plays a very kind of like slapstick comedic role and that's I look at that actor and all I see is slapstick and comedy. And I don't see kind of like, you know, like a uh, a smuggler in him. So I think the casting was slightly wrong there.
1: Um, you should watch a film called Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Tucker?
0: <laughs> you know this? I don't, that
1: sounds glorious. <laughs> it's um it's it stars uh, Alan Tudyk, the guy who plays Wash. Right. And it's, um I won't, I won't say too much about it, but you know that horror film, which is <laughs> the teenagers go to a cabin in the woods yes. and like horror happens. <laughs> it is it is a spin on that and it is very, very good.
0: Is it a horror film?
1: It's It's a horror comedy.
0: Okay. That makes me think that I'm not going to watch it. I can't stand horror films. Um, because they make this. gonna I'm going to sound not very hard here, but it may, they make me feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't like being scared. Okay, well, it,
1: it's it's kind of parodic. It's good. What? It's a parody.
0: Oh yeah. yeah okay. All right. If if it's not a genuinely like jump scary unsettling thing, then yeah.
1: No. I might give. No, a, like it's it's not it's not genuinely scary. It's it's it uses those ideas. To kind of satirize them and stuff. But it's not like... It's not trying to make you jump.
0: Okay. That, no, then, I, then, I, then I might actually give it a crack. But if it's regular harms am like, nah, nah. That's just... I don't know why you would sit here for two hours and feel uncomfortable. But yeah. Why why should I watch this?
1: Because it's got him in... And it's it's a, maybe a bit slapsticky uh, in parts. And he, he's just, he's really good in it. And it's a very funny movie.
0: Yeah, he's good. Yeah, like, And I get that Firefly, in many ways, is a comedy. And that means that his casting isn't so bad. But yeah, I, ju- I just associate him with kind of like, yeah, very slapstick. And uh, mm. that doesn't quite work for me in Firefight. It's the only criticism I have. That really is the only criticism. Oh, and uh, on, the river, on the river issue you, you raised there, I can only assume that had the show been allowed to go on, they would have developed her further. They fucking want to. <laughs> Yeah, but I was, just, but again, I was assuming that they were, yeah, they were building up to something. It was a long, overarching storyline, and it just got cut. So I didn't yeah. have, I, I'm totally with you as well that uh, her stuff, she seems a bit like a strange character. She doesn't really do anything, and she just her storyline just ends abruptly when the when the se- season ends. Um, and I think that yeah. that's Fox's fault, not Firefly's fault. You know. Yeah. Uh, but overall, very good now. So, having vo- having finished watching that, I moved on to the next TV series, and that is Stargate. Oh, okay. I'm watching, I've decided to watch all 11 of those seasons, uh, which is...
1: Of Stargate SG-1.
0: Of SG, yeah, SG-1, yeah, yeah. And then, and then you have to watch Atlantis. And then we'll see about Atlantis.
1: And then we watch Universe.
0: I there's a lot. There is a lot. Um, so uh, just really quick initial thoughts. Uh, just so people in the subreddit can disagree with my sentiments. <laughs> the as per yeah, because it always happens. I just have weird tastes. I I don't understand. <laughs> I don't you, don't. you don't get it? I don't. I don't get. I get. No, I get. Like I know where it came from from the movie, and I get the whole setup. Mm. I don't get why this is a thing. <laughs> It's you don't like, get the appeal. I don't really get the appeal. I'm told that as the seasons go on, it gets a lot better. But the first season is, it's marred with kind of like unimpressive storylines, kind of terrible acting, lack of sort of originality. And I know people are going to be like, yeah, but look, they're using Egyptian mythology and sci-fi. That may be the case, but there's very many cases where it's kind of like, oh, I've seen this storyline on Star Trek, the original series. They 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 seem to be rehashing a lot of uh, cliched sci-fi things. Okay. So I'm 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 more than happy to give this a go. I think it has the potential to become very good, and I'm told it will get very good. I'm told that the first season is rocky, and so far that is what I'm experiencing. It's 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 quite rocky. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my my report so far. As always, once I finish a thing, I will report back to you and the listeners to let you know how it's going cool Cool. alright so uh, three hours in <laughs> do, you, do you want to call it
1: there I think I should call it there and go to work yeah
0: I need to I need to eat before work as well uh, cool so uh, as always thank you man and thanks to the listeners for listening and I will see you next time yeah my pleasure yeah alright talk to you later bro catch you later dude alright bye 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 bye
2: Oh god, the cat nearly tree.